Welcome to Radiologist Headquarters. Today we'll be talking about ultrasound of acute cholecystitis. I'm Dr. Dan Koval, and this episode is sponsored by Samsung Ultrasound. The beautiful images you're about to see were obtained on a Samsung RS85 Prestige ultrasound unit. I'm going to show you three cases of acute cholecystitis, including gangrenous and emphysematous cholecystitis, and I'll highlight key teaching points throughout. All right, let's start with the first case. This was a 40-year-old female presenting with right upper quadrant and epigastric pain for several days. She also had tachycardia and an elevated white blood cell count, as well as a mildly elevated alkaline phosphatase. So here we're looking at a sagittal cine clip of the gallbladder, and we can see that the gallbladder is quite distended, and there's a large gallstone here in the gallbladder neck. There's post-acoustic shadowing, this band-like area of darkness, because the sound beams are coming down and bouncing off the dense gallstone, leaving this acoustic shadow. We also see that there's some echogenic sludge within the gallbladder. Note that the wall of the gallbladder is thickened, and we even have some pericholocystic fluid surrounding the gallbladder, this anechoic area. And this is the liver here. This gallstone is quite large, measures up to 6 centimeters. And notice that when we move from the supine position, into the lateral decubitus position where the patient's on their side, the gallstone doesn't move, meaning it's fixed or impacted within the gallbladder neck. And that's an important maneuver to perform on any gallbladder examination. Now we're looking at a transverse cine of the gallbladder. Here's the liver. Again, we see that pericholocystic fluid, the wall thickening of the gallbladder, and then also there's the echogenic shadowing stone and this debris within the lumen. As far as the definition of gallbladder wall thickening, if it measures more than 3 millimeters, that's typically considered abnormally thickened. And for the diameter of the gallbladder, the transverse diameter is a more specific measurement for true gallbladder distension. And if that exceeds 4 centimeters, that's typically abnormal. In this case, it was 5.4 centimeters. When we add colored Doppler, we're looking for any wall hyperemia, which we don't see. We see a few scattered areas of twinkle artifact within the gallbladder lumen. That's just due to the sludge that we're seeing. And also on sagittal view, we don't really see any significant wall hyperemia, which isn't always present in the setting of acute cholecystitis. Let's look at some key points for acute cholecystitis, which are also listed in the episode study notes. So this is acute gallbladder inflammation. And typically, 95% of the time, it's caused by cholelithiasis, gallstones, which are impacted and obstruct the cystic duct or the gallbladder neck. So more specifically, we could call this acute calculus cholecystitis. Acute acalculus cholecystitis can also occur, but that's much less common and typically in very sick patients, those in the intensive care unit. These patients will often present with persistent right upper quadrant pain that may radiate to the right shoulder, often with nausea and vomiting and fever. Ultrasound is usually the first-line approach for evaluating suspected biliary disease, and the typical findings for acute cholecystitis will be gallstones, particularly impacted stones in the neck or cystic duct, the sonographic Murphy sign, which is maximal abdominal tenderness from transducer pressure directly over the gallbladder. And this is the radiological correlate for the clinical Murphy sign, which is elicited by deep palpation of the right upper quadrant, and then asking the patient to take a deep breath in, and if the patient's breath abruptly stops, that's considered a positive clinical Murphy sign. And the combination of gallstones and a positive sonographic Murphy sign has a positive predictive value of 92% for acute cholecystitis. So it's an important combination. And as we saw, gallbladder wall thickening, usually greater than 3 millimeters with wall edema. Gallbladder distension, typically greater than 4 centimeters in short axis. And pericholocystic fluid are all suggestive of acute cholecystitis. Pericholocystic fluid, though, occurs in less than 20% of patients with acute cholecystitis. And we usually see that in more advanced cases. In this case, we saw it because the patient had pain for several days. 
So all of these features in isolation are not that specific, but together are quite specific for ultrasound diagnosis of acute cholecystitis. All right, let's move on to case two. This was a 60-year-old male with right upper quadrant pain, but at the time of ultrasound had a negative sonographic Murphy sign, and that's a clue to the diagnosis. He also had an elevated white blood cell count, significantly elevated, as well as an elevated alkaline phosphatase level. So here we're seeing on the sagittal view a distended gallbladder, and we're seeing some mild wall thickening. On this image, we don't see any gallstones, but as we continue to scan, we see an echogenic gallstone here with poster acoustic shadowing, as well as some sludge, and we're starting to see more wall thickening and additional stones. Let's look further. Notice that we see some stones in the gallbladder neck approaching the cystic duct, and that wall is quite thickened. It measures at least 0.6 centimeters. That's more than three millimeters. Now, when we change the patient to the decubitus position, notice that we have these fixed stones within the gallbladder neck, so they are impacted. And even when we have the patient stand, the stones remain in place. So truly impacted gallstones with a distended gallbladder and thickened wall. When we add color Doppler in this case, we see that there's some mild hyperemia in the wall, but we see also significant hyperemia in the adjacent liver, suggesting that there's some reactive inflammation. Let's turn transverse, and now we're seeing more of a layered edematous appearance within the thickened gallbladder wall. Here's that gallstone again with posteracoustic shadowing. And let's measure the diameter of the gallbladder, and it measures about five centimeters. So again, that's more than four centimeters. That's considered abnormally distended. And let's look a little more closely at that gallbladder wall. Do you see anything unusual about the thickening? Well, it looks like there are these small little ulcerations here within the gallbladder wall. Then when we look at the transverse images of the gallbladder on real-time imaging, those areas of mucosal ulceration and irregularity become even more conspicuous. You can see here there's this focal outpouching extending towards the liver, representing a deep ulceration in the gallbladder wall, and there's surrounding gallbladder wall thickening and additional areas of irregularity. So this is a case of gangrenous cholecystitis, and this is the most common complication of acute cholecystitis. It represents ischemia with necrosis of the gallbladder wall. It's clinically important because it carries increased mortality compared to uncomplicated acute cholecystitis. So it does have some ultrasound features that can help you differentiate it from run-of-the-mill cholecystitis. Any areas of wall disruption, ulceration, mucosal irregularity, or any focal bulge should raise your suspicion of gangrenous cholecystitis. These areas of ulceration can appear as denuded mucosa or discrete ulcer craters in a thickened wall. Another feature that may be seen is the presence of sloughed mucosal membranes, which will appear as echogenic ribbon-like areas adjacent to the gallbladder wall within the lumen. In my practice, though, I find that these are less commonly seen than the irregular mucosa and ulceration. Something else to be aware of is that gallbladder sludge can sometimes have a membranous configuration that can mimic these sloughed mucosal membranes. These patients with gangrenous cholecystitis are also more likely to have pericholocystic fluid because, again, that's a finding usually seen in advanced cholecystitis. Of note, these patients are also less likely to have a positive Murphy sign, and that's due to injury to gallbladder innervation. These patients may also have a history of underlying diabetes. Finally, there's an increased risk of perforation with gangrenous cholecystitis, and that usually occurs at the fundus because that's the least vascularized portion of the wall. So any case of acute cholecystitis that has perforation should make you wonder, could this be gangrenous cholecystitis? So let's look at the last case. This is a seven-year-old male who presented with clinical findings of cholangitis and also had significant bilirubinemia in elevated AST and ALT levels. So already this is beyond just a typical cholecystitis. Here we're looking at a sagittal view of the gallbladder. Here's the adjacent liver. We can see that the gallbladder is distended. But then notably, we also see these curvilinear echogenic areas, these bright reflectors that appear to be in the wall at the level of the fundus. 
And there's some poster acoustic shadowing, but it's not a really dark shadow, is it? It's more of a hazy, dirty shadow. We can see that again here on this image, this dirty shadow. The wall that we can discreetly visualize does appear at least mildly thickened, measuring four millimeters. When we evaluate this on real-time imaging, this is a sagittal gallbladder cine clip. You could really appreciate those curvilinear bright reflectors there in this poster acoustic dirty shadowing. We see some irregular linear areas of echogenicity as well that may indicate ring down artifact. And this can be exaggerated with the addition of color Doppler. We can see that here, it's showing this marked exaggeration of the reverberation artifact, and it's surrounding this curvilinear echogenicity within the gallbladder wall. This patient went on to have a CT scan. You could see on axial images, here is the gallbladder. You could see that there is gas within the wall and also non-dependent gas within the lumen. We can also see that there's circumferential involvement within the wall on this coronal image. And sagittally here, we see the gallbladder and again, gas within the wall as well as within the lumen. So these findings are very specific for emphysematous cholecystitis. So similar to gangrenous cholecystitis, we have gallbladder wall ischemia and necrosis occurring, but in this case, we now have gas formation in the wall and or the gallbladder lumen. And this is more commonly seen in elderly men with underlying diabetes. This is clinically relevant because there is a higher risk of perforation in these patients with emphysematous cholecystitis. They tend to have a more rapid progression and increased mortality compared to uncomplicated acute cholecystitis. Therefore, it's typically treated with emergent surgical intervention. For patients that are too ill to undergo surgery, they may first undergo a percutaneous cholecystostomy tube placement. And ultrasound findings of emphysematous cholecystitis include these bright reflectors from the non-dependent portion of the gallbladder wall representing gas, and that will cause dirty posteroacoustic shadowing and ring down artifact, which are features you can see anywhere you have gas on ultrasound. And CT is often extremely helpful to confirm the diagnosis and also distinguish from mimickers like a completely stone-filled gallbladder that might give you the wall echo shadow complex appearance and also porcelain gallbladder, which is a calcified gallbladder wall. But in both of those cases, you'll tend to have a more dark posteroacoustic shadow because you're dealing with calcification, a dense structure, as opposed to gas. And CT is the most sensitive and specific modality for identifying gallbladder gas. All right, thank you so much for joining me, and I hope you found this educational. Thank you again to our sponsor, Samsung Ultrasound. If you like this lecture, a great free way to support us is to subscribe to the video podcast on Spotify or Apple, or by clicking the subscribe button on YouTube. It would also be outstanding if you would consider leaving a five-star rating on Spotify or Apple, should you be so inclined. I also post interesting teaching files throughout the week that you can find by following us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or Reddit, or by clicking the YouTube community tab. Until next time, radiology is life. Mm -hmm.